What are some of today's top global data privacy issues? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Brian Hengisbaugh, a partner with Baker & McKenzie in Chicago. Brian, thanks so much for joining me. Great to be with you, Tom. Just to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work, please? Thank you. Yes, I'm a uh, partner here with Baker & McKenzie. I'm in the Chicago office of Baker. We're a large global law firm. I'm on the firm's Global Privacy Steering Committee, so uh, among all the countries around the world, we have a handful of us who sit on a steering committee for the firm. Uh, prior to joining Baker & McKenzie, I was with the U.S. Department of Commerce, where I was special counsel to the general counsel, and among the things that I did there, I was the lead attorney negotiating the safe harbor privacy agreement with the European Union. So on behalf of the U.S. government negotiating with the, the European Commission in particular around the safe harbor privacy rules. It's one way for a U.S. company to address uh, transfers of European data back to, the, back to the United States. So Brian, we talked about security and privacy issues up front. There are a few of them these days. What are the ones that you are currently tracking? Well, there's in the United States, uh, looking first at the states, you have to say that the biggest thing moving still in the United States is data security breach, breach notification. So if a company loses social security numbers, credit card numbers, uh, other types of sensitive data, there's an obligation to notify affected individuals as well as some state agencies and, uh, and others. Um, very big dollar value issue. Uh, Ponemon Institute estimates that the cost of a data security breach is around $204 per record, which translates to about $6.65 million uh, per incident itself. So real money and, and not just uh, liability issues, but reputational issues for companies. Um, so that's by far the biggest issue in the States, and as these things go, uh, other countries are starting to adopt uh, data security breach laws as well, so that's something to, uh, to watch. Um, Outside the United States, I think the, the biggest thing moving is this proliferation of privacy laws. So for years now, we've been dealing with the fact that the European Union has some pretty strict privacy laws, but uh, now we're starting to see increasingly in Latin America, so Argentina has had uh, quite a rigorous uh, privacy law for a couple of years now, uh, Chile, and uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Mexico adopted a privacy law. Uh, in Asia, uh, interesting developments, China just adopted a privacy law which uh, is kind of interesting. China, for years, we've known uh, the government is all concerned about encryption and uh, making sure that uh, data doesn't come into the country that they can't see. And now it looks like they're also getting into adopting uh, privacy rules for citizens, uh, Malaysia, and, uh, and elsewhere. Well, Brian, you're headed to an area that I want to talk to you about, which is global data privacy. What do you find to be the greatest challenges now for U.S.-based organizations? A lot of challenges, a lot of challenges, a lot of, lot of laws out there, a lot of different requirements, a lot of uh, requirements that are a lot stricter than they are even in the United States on the books. Um, I think first challenge is just awareness. A lot of U.S. companies uh, haven't yet realized how strict uh, these privacy laws are and, and what it is that they really require. Um, another challenge is what I increasingly see are conflicts. Uh, in many respects, you have a global company and you might want to do something like put a global HR database in the United States uh, or move customer data back to the United States, um, or maybe it's something more serious than that. Maybe you're implementing uh, a whistleblowing hotline for Sarbanes-Oxley purposes, you know, one of those anonymous and confidential mechanisms people can report um, violations of uh, internal accounting uh, rules. 
Um, or maybe you're actually running an internal investigation on a matter or responding to a, a, a government inquiry where you need data and documents uh, from uh, foreign sources to, to pull that back here. Uh, another good example is litigation as well. And privacy laws really get in the way of that like no other laws do. Privacy laws are laws that regulate the flow of information and in the information economy um, they're first and foremost the things you've got to address. And uh, it's important for U.S. companies to address them because there are serious consequences for, for non-compliance. Uh, maybe the best recent example is uh, out of Italy three Google executives were recently found guilty of a criminal law violation um, by virtue of some of the content that was posted on a Google subsidiary's uh, website in, in Italy. So uh, fortunately, the, the sentences were commuted by virtue of uh, the fact that none of them had prior convictions uh, in, in Italy, so they didn't actually have to serve six months of jail time, but uh, just shows that these, these rules are pretty serious. Well, you hinted at this some in talking about investigations. Brian, what are some of the obstacles for U.S. organizations when they need to gather data from international sources? Well, there's the, the thing to do when you're, you're looking at the obstacles is you need to understand what all the regulations are that are going to apply to, the, to what it is that you're trying to do. So first and foremost are those data privacy rules. These are rules that are going to apply anytime the data or the, or the documents, the records you're trying to pull back to the U.S. contain personally identifiable information, and that's really broadly defined as any information about an individual outside the U.S. So quite literally, if you have name and email address and, and some other uh, light-touch information, that's going to be regulated by these laws. So uh, understanding the, the data privacy rules that apply first. Uh, second is understand the context, because you may also have employment law issues. So if you're talking about pulling data back about your employees, you may have some issues to talk to a works council or an employee representative body uh, or otherwise make sure that uh, what you're doing is consistent with, with labor law considerations. Um, another issue that's a pretty significant issue is if what's going on is uh, in the background is something like a Securities and Exchange Commission investigation or a U.S. government investigation, you can trigger an additional set of local rules what are called blocking statutes or anti-investigatory statutes, and these are statutes in places like Switzerland and France which prohibit anybody on the ground from doing anything to assist a foreign government investigation, and those as well are, are criminal statutes, so something uh, definitely to be mindful of. You need to look at all of the applicable regulations and design solutions for them in order to uh, do what you want to do. So make this real for us if you can, Brian. Give us a sense of how you've helped your clients overcome some of these obstacles. Well, first and foremost, we do what I, I just mentioned, which is we identify what the applicable uh, regulations are going to be. And um, I'd say there's two scenarios you have. You have the good scenario that we would like, which is that you don't have something, you don't have a Securities and Exchange Commission subpoena in your hand that you need to respond to, but rather you're trying to do the planning to, to basically put the framework in place to allow you to do what you want to do with, with data movement. So when you're in that first, first set of examples, we can break down the issues for you and, and put in place the solutions. So companies will, uh, on the privacy side, we always talk about there's two big picture issues related to data privacy. One is what we call local compliance issues, obligations that would attach to you in Germany when you're collecting and, and using information. And then the second is called cross-border transfer issues, 
when the data comes back to the United States, how do you make sure that there is adequate protection for that data when it's received here? Um, on that second issue, that the second issue is really the strategic issue, the planning issue. What is going to be the mechanism that the company used to provide that adequate protection within the meaning of uh, European or non-U.S. privacy laws? And there, there are some specific vehicles that have been developed by the European Commission for this purpose, one of which is the safe harbor, which is what I negotiated when I was with the U.S. government. Uh, safe harbor is a set of privacy rules of the U.S. company promises to the U.S. Department of Commerce that it will handle European data in accordance with the safe harbor privacy rules. Those are rules about information security uh, as well as notification um, and access rights and other things. Um, then the U.S. company, once it makes that filing with the U.S. Department of Commerce, will be deemed to provide adequate protection for the data. And uh, if it violates those promises, for example, if it doesn't have appropriate security controls, it can be subject to an action by the Federal Trade Commission. So that's one option. Another is intercompany agreements. There are certain model privacy forms that have been issued by the European Commission. And if the U.S. company agrees to those terms with its European subsidiaries and covers the data that wants to be covered, that's another way of addressing adequate protection. Two others, one is an emerging solution called binding corporate rules. That would be a group-wide policy. Uh, you can think of it as a global company policy on uh, information uh, privacy. And if it adopts one of those uh, binding corporate rules uh, codes and goes and gets approval, this is the important part, you have to go get approval for those BCRs, uh, binding corporate rules, in the countries where you're operating. If you get that approval, then that's another way to provide adequate protection. And the final one is consent. They're still on the books uh, in Europe and actually in, in many places around the world that if you get an express consent from affected individuals, you can then move their data. There's some obvious limitations to that if you're talking about uh, a setting where, where maybe the individual's employees may not want their data to be moved uh, and some other limitations, but it's nevertheless uh, on the books. One question for you, Brian. If you could boil it down, and I realize I'm asking you to boil the ocean here, what can organizations be doing now to better navigate through these tricky waters of global data privacy regulations? I think first and foremost, uh, you need to uh, get an understanding of why you need data back from non-U.S. sources. What is it? What data is it that we as a company need back here in the United States about our employees, about our customers, about our business partners? Really have an understanding of, of what you as a company need first and foremost. From there, you build your solution. So, for example, uh, one of the strategic issues is how are we going to uh, how are we going to permission the transfer of data? Are we going to join safe harbor? Are we going to think about these these model contracts? Are we going to think about binding corporate rules? But pick a solution and and implement that solution. That's the most important thing you can do. And then from there, tackle those local compliance issues. You know, do what you need to do locally in country to do things like register with data protection authorities. Uh, make sure the right privacy notices are out to affected individuals. So you put the framework in place now in a flexible way so that you've got some room to maneuver when you want to uh, actually move data. Brian, great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Uh, absolutely, Tom. Great to be with you. We've been talking about global data privacy. We've been talking with Brian Hengisbaugh, a partner with Baker & McKenzie. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. <laughs>